Hello, this is Reverend Colette Duval-Pondella. Welcome to our Wolf Wisdom Gathering in Nature's Classroom on Nature's Path. I'm joined by Takoda today. He is our alpha male. If there was ever a creature that you could call a masterpiece, it is this wolf, this incredible boy. And I believe that our universe and our world is a masterpiece as well, and that we are here to help make it a better place, which is what I'm going to talk about today. So here we go. Everybody's met Dakota. Dakota means friend to everyone. And my goodness, you know, I heard the word masterpiece as I was um, studying for this talk, masterpiece. Now, of course, I believe that we are all that. We're all masterpieces, but it's very hard to look at him and not see that word embodied in a way that we can connect to, that we can relate to, that we can resonate with. So I just want you to look at him for a minute. And this, you know, majesty has been used to describe him too. Yes, you do. Good, where's dad going? Wow. It is pretty awesome, right? Um, just so you know, sometimes it's hard to remember that these guys are just what they are. <laughs> and then um, to know, just so you know, I never take them for granted. This is not something that you, you forget about when you're living in their presence. This ancient creature that we have known throughout the ages that has been here since the Ice Age and carried that genetic marker all the way through time. Time that we will never ever know but can also be connected to. And especially through these creatures. Hi. Go ahead, go play. Go play. Very good. You know, I was reminded of the cradle board. I'm going to talk about a legacy. The um, Native Americans built these boards. You know, you see them, and, and um, I think the movies and television kind of called it papoose, you know, your little papoose. But they built these cradle boards, and they were all designed with the qualities and the uniqueness of the child itself. And so to remind you, there are... Um, Many, many colors, most of them represented in this medicine wheel, what they call the hoop of life. And they're the four directions. And the four directions are east, south, west, and north, all represented with the colors of the nations of the people. Now, these are ancient. They go back a millennia. They have actual medicine wheels that have been made of stone that they have discovered like ancient ruins. So how did the ancient Native American people know the colors of the people of the world? Think about it. And then Father Sky is represented by blue, the green from Mother Earth, and purple, which is a universal sign of the spiritual. Is um, He explains this better. But the colors of the medicine wheel here and that the purple is the color. It's a universal color of the spiritual connection that we have, this purple, which is also your highest chakra, your crown chakra, and your place within the universe. 
and how you're connected. And the Native Americans call it all our relations. So they don't pray for things. When they say a prayer, their prayer is for the entire hoop of life, for all our relations. So whatever it is that you need for yourself, you are praying for that to be universal rather than, please, God, put that jacket in my closet. <laughs> or help me pay the rent. But you see the underlying need there that is universal for anybody, especially if you need that jacket for warmth, especially if you need that shelter for your family. Those are universal things. But rather than praying for them for individual, for your individual need. Know that for everyone. So pray in a way that it's the highest good for all concerned. And that that's a philosophy that I actually got my ministerial from that then marries this idea of the Native American spiritual practices that they did. It's a heavy beaver. <laughs> My husband is keeper of the trees, and there's a little beaver here, and that's what they are. Um, here you go. There you go, baby. But the cradle board is made of, if there's yellow in it, then there is the beginnings coming in. The sun rises in the east, so if there's yellow in your coloring, in your masks, in your beads, in your jewelry with they, they adorned with they, this child is new beginnings and then the red to the south is the young the young um, you're, when you grow up where you're growing up the youth and um, the west is the black this is your when you're in your adulthood when you're living most of your life and the white is the end of your life and then you go home in the north and so this is our, um, this can be our teachings. But the cradle board was meant to protect the child from anything that might befall it that would hurt it. Because they believed that anything that happens to you as a child, every single moment affects seven generations and beyond the next seven generations. So the way you speak to a child, the way you hold it, the way you care for it, you are teaching it and you are giving it impressions and embodying a, a, a memory of this thing, this legacy that you will leave behind you for seven generations. Now, of course, if you're not being cared for, that also is in that legacy as well. So I'm going to talk about a little bit of that, like what is your legacy? What do you want to leave? I know what Dakota, I know what Shadow has left for us. I know what these guys have taught me with their wolf wisdom. It's pretty incredible. Martin Luther King says this, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. So for all of us who are going and facing those challenges and that controversy to keep the highest good on your mind is our challenge and our controversy a lot of times and also our duty to ourselves and our divine purpose. So with that, I'm just going to open with our um, opening 
meditative song. I think there's only one. Some of you haven't been here before. Just relax in your chair. I um, welcome you to uncross yourself. The chair is holding you. You don't have to hold on to anything. You got here, <laughs> so you can just relax. And Mother Earth has that chair. You cannot fall. what I know. As I stand here in this moment and I see you and I see where we are and I see everything that I can see, I know that there is an unseen. I know that there is a creative intelligence, whatever you want to call it. I call it God. Some people call it the great mystery, the higher power, whatever it is that resonates with you. I believe that it's creative intelligence. I believe that we are made from every part of this magnificence, this majesty, and that we are master masterpieces of this creative energy that has put us here for a divine purpose. And so I claim for each and every one of you that your highest good, that your heart's desire is leading you right where you need to go at all times, despite appearances to the contrary. That you are perfect, whole, and complete mathematically correct in every single way. There are no mistakes in this creative source, in this creative force. We are made of the stuff of this magnificence, and we are connected to every part of creation, seen and unseen in this universe. I know this to be a universal truth. So whatever it is that you think is the most magnificent thing on the planet and beyond, you are just as magnificent as the most beautiful thing that you've ever known. I claim this for you, as you um, that you can embody this truth. And so I'm thankful for the good that has come before me, the good that is here now, the good that is always coming into infinity. And I release these words knowing that they are held in the hands of grace, as I said and sang. And that it is done for you, as I have said, for the highest good of everyone and all concerned and all living things. Aho, which is the Native American, you can say amen.
<laughs> Namaste, and so it is. So the name of my talk is called A Better Place. So how do we make a better place, right, in the world? <laughs> it's pretty simple. Um, I'm going to uh, not be able to pronounce this last name, so please forgive me out there <laughs> and in here. Hi, you guys. <laughs> so he is, um, I found him online and he has these beautiful quotes. I'm going to use him a lot today. And his first name is Matshona. Come on in. <laughs> Hi. Welcome on this rainy, rainy day. We bless that water in California. <laughs> okay, so his last name is, I think, Dilewayo. But I'm not going to continue to say that. I'm just going to call him Matshona for the rest of his quotes. But he says this in answer to how do you make the world a better place? Reach minds, touch hearts, move souls and change lives. So can we do that? <laughs> now, whether you know it or not, I totally believe that you've been doing that all your life. Whether you know or you're conscious of it or you've been complimented about it or someone has told you that you said something that changed my world, you know, you've touched people's lives, whether you know it or not, because I know the people have touched mine and I have been acknowledged by those that they say I touched them. So I think it's impossible to be here on the planet and not touch something in a good way. But we also have that choice of whether what we're going to vibrate. Are we going to vibrate that goodness? Are we going to touch minds, reach hearts? You know, is this our choice? Nerudin Ushawu. I've been um, finding a lot of people who have an African influence and they come from... Um, these places that I don't know, and yet when I read about their culture, there's uh, so much love in them. I didn't say I can change the whole world with its entirety alone, but I can strike a lot of things and cause a rift and bring so many things together. So that's just a description of what I've talked about before. Just think about throwing a stone in the water and it ripples out. You take your step and your vibration ripples out and it has an effect. And a lot of people don't know that, but there's a bit great responsibility to that knowingness, right? Because then you have to really watch your step <laughs> and what that means. And if you're conscious of it, of how you speak, how you treat people, how you treat yourself, what you're going to do with your life, right? How you um, participate in your community. Dragos Bratasanu says this, your commitment shakes the very foundation of this universe. The power of decision. When you decide to go someplace and take on something, you have shifted the universe around that purpose. Now, to the extent that you believe that, I think, is the law of attraction that comes to meet to help you in that journey, right? 
So I know some of you, and I know a lot of you, and I'm thinking that, you know, when you are 60-something and you decide to change your whole life and change your universe and you commit to that, things happen. And when I grew up, 60 was, you know, you're on your way out, not on your way up. <laughs> and we need to know that it is never too late for that heart's desire to take a leap into that and the vibrations of that, especially if you have a family, you have children, you have grandchildren, and then they're going to have that. They're going to know your story. And they're going to learn from it. And they're going to grow from it if you allow yourself that. Matshona says this too. Nature needs your care. Animals need your attention. People need your light. The world needs your love. How can you make a difference in the world? Help one person at a time. One person at a time. Hi, come on in. Good morning. So can you help one person today? One person to do something. And I'm talking about probably just a smile or acknowledging that you see them. That is helping that person to know that they're recognized, that they're seen, that you see them, that I see you. That's what namaste means, by the way. I don't know, I say it all, all the time, and it occurred to me that a lot of people don't know what it means. But my um, lesson from it is, namaste says all of this. The God in me sees the God in you, and together we are one. And so if you're conscious of that word and when you say it, you are connecting. Not just to me, but to each other. And that is something you can do one person at a time. <laughs> One person at a time, you can leave that. Mashona also says this, the world is a hospital, people are patients, truth is the doctor, and love is the remedy. I say it every week. The answer to all of this, you know, I could stop right now and just go home. <laughs> as cliche as it sounds, love is the answer. Love is what makes the world a better place. Not just for me, but for you and everybody else, if that's where you want to resonate. Look at that little baby back there. We were just talking about the cradle board. <laughs> Talk about new beginnings. <laughs> Look how awake. Hi, beautiful. <laughs> you too. <laughs> Fear is what separates us. Ignorance is what divides us, and love is what brings us together. You're going to get tired of me saying it today. Machona said that too. And I'm going to say this. In this world today, the information, you know, the information global infrastructure, it is a choice to remain ignorant. And I think that's pretty heavy. You get a choice of actually learning and growing or you get a choice to remain ignorant. The problem is, is once you know that, you've made that choice, what happens to your life? What happens to your world? 
APJ Abdul Kalam says this, real education changes the dignity of a human being and increases his or her self-respect. How can that not change the world? If only the real sense of education could be realized by each individual and carried forward in every field of human activity, the world will be so much better place to live in. For the highest good of all humanity, we have the most incredible brain and we don't want to use it if it gets too difficult. Dragos also says this, the longer you live a comfortable lie, the further you drift from your purpose and the harder it will be to gather the courage to go back to your heart. I can't even tell you how many times I've had to work my way back to my heart because the reality was too painful, because it was too hard to admit that one more time, <laughs> that, you know what I mean? There's no self-respect in that shaming, you know? There's no way to grow from there. The only growth is, is that you remember who you are. You remember that heart's desire. You connect back to it. And you make your way to the next step in a loving, caring way for not just yourself, but that vibration that you step into the world with and those ripples that you're going to leave. And whether you like it or not, those ripples happen whether you want them to or not. And so when you wake up and you are conscious of what life is really about, it's a great responsibility. And there's no reason for you or excuse or denial that you can talk yourself out of to make that not a reality. It's just the truth. Whether you like it or not, it's going to happen so then you get that choice. Mimi Khan says, Icon, I'm sorry, says, when you establish peace, when you establish love, when you establish kindness here inside, you cannot act any other way in the outside world. So if you're waiting for kindness to happen out there and, you know, before you're going to be kind, if you're waiting for love to happen out there before you're going to be loving, you'll be waiting a long time. <laughs> you'll be waiting forever. Forever. Daniel H. Pink says, empathy is about standing in someone else's shoes, feeling with his or her heart, seeing with his or her eyes. Empathy is hard to outsource and automate. But it makes the world a better place. I truly believe that all the automation and all the robotics and all of the innovation that is happening, these people are trying to make our lives easier. It is something to embrace and rise to, to incorporate into your life, to learn more about. 
because I also think that those creative energies that help you create such magnificence and things that you couldn't even imagine. I mean, I remember there's a time when you couldn't imagine having a laptop. Or a cell phone, for heaven's sakes. You're going to do what? <laughs> Carry a phone around? <laughs> what? Seriously. I was in high school with no pantyhose. You know, these inventions, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Believe it or not, you know, if you wanted to wear hose when I was younger, you had those awful things that you had to hook on and put on, and, you know, you don't even have anything to push in. <laughs> and you spend your day walking around like this, right? <laughs> innovation is incredible. And I think the minds that create the innovation, which is exponential since then, and we're just talking about 40 or some odd years ago, you know, in 40 years, what has happened? Think about it. What has happened to our world and the connectedness? You know, and if you use that for a good purpose rather than something malicious, then the world is, was meant to change in this way, to connect us all together through this magnificent network that is mind-boggling to believe that it even exists unless you grew up in it. Right? Now we take it for granted. Oh, where's my phone? <laughs> I can't leave home without my phone. <laughs> I remember no answering machines. If you were at home, they couldn't get to you. If you were in the office, you couldn't be gotten to. It's fascinating to think how we lived and survived and loved and raised families <laughs> and worked and paid bills. You know? Machona. The enlightened are servants of the rich and poor, helpers of the weak and powerful, friends of the lowly and imminent. They are servants of mankind. You cannot claim to be enlightened without empathy. They go hand in hand. Because the more enlightened you are, the more you understand who you are and that you're not alone in this universe with this light. If my light shines, your light shines. It might be dimmed a little or somebody tried to put it out. But it's not gone as long as you're breathing. And you can ignite it. You can choose how far that flame goes up or down. That's the thing. When you're enlightened, you know that. <laughs> and that's the thing. You can't go back. You cannot go back. I've been looking and looking and looking. I was in an office one day, and Carl Jung had a quote. And it was a beautiful quote, and I wrote it down. And over the years, I just lost it. But basically, he said that once the truth comes to a person, either that person lives that truth, but if the truth comes to that person and it hits them in the heart and they deny it and shun it, that actual death can result from that denial. And sometimes that information is not so easy to handle in this world. Sometimes that information is what you've been looking for your whole life. <laughs> You know, so depending on what that truth that comes to you, you can now no longer deny that truth or you can deny it, 
be not connected with your heart, not be connected with your divine purpose, not be connected to other people, your children, and leave that legacy of denial because it doesn't feel as good or it's not as convenient or you don't feel up to the challenge or you don't have the right tools. You don't have the money to do what it's going to take to go after what you believe in and what your heart's desire is telling you to do. And that's the fear. And that requires faith. You know, that invisible thing. <laughs> now, some people describe faith as this belief system in a certain religion or a certain sect or a certain culture, right? That's your faith. No, faith is believing in the unseen, believing what I said in the beginning, that we are made from this creative force. We are creation itself. You have to know that that's true and that if it's in your heart to do and you cannot live without going in that direction, then you go in that direction and the universe meets you there. And sometimes, gratefully in my life, the universe has pulled me in whether I liked it or not. <laughs> until I got it, until I was like, oh, this is what faith is. <laughs> and you go, oh, I should have done this years ago. <laughs> and you get the chills of the recognition that you're in the right place at the right time. If I have one gift that I want to share with you, it is that I literally, my heart knew where to go and I had no faith to jump and take that leap on my own. And so the circumstances of my life literally pushed me, sometimes screaming and dragging on the ground, on the pavement, getting rug burns there. And I can't tell you how grateful I am <laughs> for my heart that helped me do that because I couldn't. I didn't have the gumption. I didn't have the courage. I didn't have the self-respect. I didn't have the self-esteem. I didn't have the self-knowingness. I didn't know who I was, and I didn't know that I mattered. But my heart knew, and it took me in those directions. So when I do say prayers and I talk about despite appearances to the contrary, that's what I mean, that you don't sometimes know that this upset that's going on in your life and this disruption is actually like shaking you into your senses so that you can finally get your heart's desire in that way. Teachers. I consider myself a teacher, so but I talk about it and I go, everything is a teacher. It's not just the teachers that then choose that and show up in the classrooms with the children. Not actually those are the most important people in our societies, you know? But everybody has something to teach. Everybody has something to give. Everybody is a teacher on some level, especially if you're enlightened. And you don't let people leave your presence without them knowing that you know who they are by whatever it is that your gift that you are sharing. Machona says, my mind is for the youth, my heart is for the children, my soul is for the broken, and my life is for the world. If you have a divine purpose, do you believe that? 
Really, do you have a do you believe in this divine purpose that you're here for a reason? I yes, good, <laughs> good yes. <laughs> now I'm not a, tr uh, a big believer in everything happens for a reason. That's kind of another way to feel like you have a sense of control of your circumstances. I don't know reasons why, but I just know that there's a divine purpose. I don't know the reasons why we have conflict in Syria, Syria to the extent that we have it. I'm not even going to pretend to know that I know. Because if I really knew that we could do something, you know what I mean, other than just knowing the highest good for those people and that that conflict will end as soon as it can. But there's no way that you can tell me there's a reason for that. That's going to make sense to me. And I don't even want to know that reason. You get me? I don't want to know that reason. I don't want to justify it or give it that kind of energy and purpose. So sometimes, you know, I hear people say that as a, you know what I mean? It's like, I guess everything happens for a reason and I'm going to learn a lesson from it. Great if you learned a lesson from it, you know? But I don't see why there's a reason why somebody should be broken by anything or anyone. Other than man's inhumanity to man, and if they knew who they were, and they knew who you were, and they knew who the world was, and we and knew that we were all in it together, that couldn't exist. And it's just my responsibility to know that. And to always go to that place when thinking about those kinds of tragedies. But trying to find a reason for it. A cause for it is another thing. You want to know the cause of whatever discomfort or dis-ease is going on. You want to know the cause because you can't cure it otherwise. But a reason that you got it, I'm not going there with anybody. Find another way to beat myself up or shame somebody, <laughs> you know. Find another way, you know, to put people down or put humanity down. And you, you understand, I can see you guys going there with me. You know what I mean? This is not where you want to put yourself when you're trying to solve and come up with solutions. Solutions, you know what I mean, happen up here, not down here in the muck and the mire. And that's what we need our teachers for. Debashish Mrida says this, Find calmness in storms. Find beauty in ugliness. Find peace in the midst of war. Now expand it. Only people with a higher consciousness can do this. It will make the world a better place for mankind. Instead of figuring out how we're going to build the army to defeat them, why not see them happy in their homes? You know? I'm pro happy when their homes and eating with their families and running in the fields. <laughs> Why not see that in this vibration, knowing that there is a solution and the highest good is coming because that's what we all want and focus our minds there. I can't pick up a missile and end it. <laughs> and I'm not saying that a missile won't end it eventually, 
But unless you're doing it for a higher purpose and that you understand there's a higher purpose involved, then you're not going to get there. It'll just happen again and again and again and again. Israel, Ayavor says this, you are a lamp to give light to people. You must mount the lamp, stand, and shine bright. Don't hide your gifts. Expose and share them freely. If you have a divine purpose, you cannot hold it in on yourself and hide it in a closet or in your apartment or in your home or out on some land. You have to share it. You have to be open and freely give of your lives. Carl Hyacin says this, good satire comes from anger. You guys know what satire is, right? Everybody know? Okay. It comes from a sense of injustice, that there are wrongs in the world that need to be fixed, and what better place to get all that venom and outrage boiling, but in a newsroom or in a play <laughs> or in music. Because you're on the front lines. Who doesn't resonate with art that they're taking out of schools, by the way? Art and music. I was thinking of this uh, college that I went to. I'm not going to name it because um, <laughs> they called themselves a liberal arts college, though. And they're far from it. There's nothing liberal about it. <laughs> and there's no arts anymore. So where's the liberal arts? Where's the opening the minds of the young to think for themselves, not the way you want them to think? Broaden their horizons after they leave your family home and their bedrooms in your house. You want to make a way for them to learn to live and have a successful life? Let them go. Let them discover something new and bring it back to you. Because you no longer have the opportunity. Maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago, you were in school. What just happened in 40 years that they can bring back and teach you? But if you're afraid that they're going to get smarter than you or they're going to leave, you know, and they're not going to get the right job, you cannot help them grow into the people they were supposed to be. You can't. It's impossible. They have the opportunity to get a 20-year learning curve over you. I just had a Facebook thing with new math. <laughs> and my first new math, what? How do you do, what did you, you know what I mean? It's like, how ridiculous and what a waste of time. And then I remembered that I just read last year, and I brought it to the table, 65% of the jobs that exist today will not exist in 15 years. It's all robotics and computers and technology and, and algorithms. You think you need new math to create a computer program? Probably. Do I want to help my kids through it? I don't have anything. God, I don't have to learn it for them and for anybody who has to. I'm so sorry. Thank you. <laughs> but seriously.
seriously, you know what I mean? I see parents saying what I said in the beginning. This is a waste of why it's so simpler. It's so much simpler. No, computer technology is no, not like arithmetic. It's not like measure this wall <laughs> and figure out the square footage anymore. You have to learn to grow. I can't help you with your homework. <laughs> but that's okay. Machona, if you have the power to put a smile on one person's face, you have the power to change the world. My husband, Paul, in the back, he speaks to a lot of people all the time who are going through recovery because he is 18 years sober. And um, he has a whole community and people call him all the time. And I see him get home from a long day and his face is like this and he's frustrated and he's just gone through a day where all the problems did not get solved and he comes home with that and then he calls somebody or somebody calls them who needs some spiritual help through whatever day they're having so they can stay sober and he makes them laugh. That's his gift. Five minutes later, he's cracking up. The things that come out of his mouth, you don't want to know. <laughs> For anybody who knows him, it's like, where is that mind coming from? <laughs> and yet, he, they are, I can hear them on the other side because he has to use speakerphone because his, his hearing is a little. <laughs> and I hear them cracking up, falling on the floor laughing, and he's doing the same after the day he's had. And probably when he needs it the most, he's trying to make somebody else laugh. And they get there, and he gets there, and they get through another day. And uh, it's pretty phenomenal what a smile can do. And that especially if you have that gift that you can make somebody laugh when they're hurting really badly. It's not my gift, but it is his. And so use whatever those gifts are. Do you understand? But you have to recognize your gifts if you're going to use them. You can't say, oh, I'm not a gifted person. I don't have anything. <laughs> you start closing up, and there's nothing that you know that you have to offer. You have to look inside and turn that light up. Mary makes jewelry. She does other things really wonderful. She has many, many gifts. But she makes things for Shadowland and for us, for the wolves, and she hangs them out there, and they sell. People must love them. People must like it. She made this heart for me. You know? I wear it a lot on Sundays. It's a gift. I can't do it. I can't sit still that long. <laughs> Those kind of things, you know, people can do. And they can have the patience of whatever that I don't have in order to create something beautiful to make someone happy and resonate with it. That's what your gifts are for. Oh, my gosh, this name. <laughs> Please forgive me. <laughs> These are so good quotes, and I can't pronounce a name. Okay, so this one is Koryanka Kilcher. 
The things I do, I do from the heart and out of love and respect for our planet and all living things. And I draw my courage from my love for justice and truth, and I calm my fears by comforting those who are more scared than me. And I try to do my best to make the world a better place, one small action at a time, as good as I can. Do you hear that? One small action at a time. If you take on the whole world, you're gonna, God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. Because most of us are so busy that it's just one small step and one small beautiful thing at a time. Dragos again, underneath your conscious and unconscious beliefs, love continues to flow willing to extend outward and express yourself. The ultimate purpose of your spirit, which is what you really are, is freedom. It's freedom. There's a reason we have superheroes that fly. What superpower do you want? You know, I wanted to be a mermaid. <laughs> I wanted to be a mermaid. Now, I wanted to fly, too, but I'm not willing to go there. But, <laughs> but swimming in the waves and running through the ocean and hanging out with the beautiful corals and the colors, that's where I want to be. And the quiet of it, you know, the quiet of underwater is a beautiful thing. Dragos also says this, your persistent actions are the bridge between mind and matter between the inner and the outer. Do what you've been called to do. Do it with grit, do it with courage, do it with boldness and faith, and do it every day for the rest of your life. Some, you know, having a spiritual life is not all, oh, I'm just love and light. I make fun of that all the time. <laughs> Sorry. No. If you're authentic, you get upset and you create from it. You get angry and talk about the unjustness and you do something about it. I'm not talking about being a doormat for everyone to step over because, oh, I'm just love and light. I'm all about forgiveness. <laughs> Dale Carnegie says most of the important things in the world have been accomplished by people who have kept on trying when there seemed to be no hope at all. We have friends here, um, they've since moved away, but um, we were having a really hard time here, especially after the fire and that uh, happened almost five years ago, the powerhouse fire here and how we're gonna make this happen and um, the political um, environment for the wolves and um, keeping them on the planet without killing seasons. It was all happening all at one time. And he said, you know, you just got to keep fighting the good fight. Now, I don't like that word fight, but I knew what he meant. Because sometimes you have to fight to get up to confront that fight. Sometimes you have to get past to your faith to know that this too, you can have an effect on despite appearances to the contrary. So we're coming up on a time where all the wolves in our country, not in the rest of the world, the rest of the world got it. But in our country, they want to eliminate the wolves again. All of these wolves that it took us 
almost 25 years to re in wild and bring to our, our, our country again. So I have to fight through this disheartenment every time I read a new policy that wants to do and annihilate my whole life's purpose of what we're doing here with the wolves and rise to the occasion that I'm talking about. Colin Powell says this. You know who Colin Powell is, right? Anybody not know who Colin Powell is? He's a general. He used to be Secretary of State under President Bush. And he says this. Today I can declare my hope and declare it from the bottom of my heart that we will eventually see the time when that number of nuclear weapons is down to zero and the world is a much better place. So I go back to what I was saying before. Isn't that the general you want? We're going to fight the good fight. If we're going to have these weapons of mass destruction, don't you want somebody making decisions that believes that? I don't know if I could have admired another general as much as I admire that. The people who have been there, the empathetic souls that understand the cost of war the cost of man's inhumanity to man, and that as a general, as a military person at the highest rank of our country, and he wants this. That's his purpose. That's his declaration. That's his decision. That's his higher consciousness. I go into battle with that guy, right? Jagos. There are many voices in the world. The social environment will try to mold us in the image and likeness of man. People will influence us one way or another, but we have it in our hearts, the voice of God, calling us in every moment to return to love, to return to truth. We have been given everything we need to make our dreams a reality and fulfill our destiny. Believe it or not, the freedom to do so is ours. It is our choice. Oh, my goodness. I had a lot to say today. <laughs> I'm looking at the time. So I have a whole other page. I'm going to just filter through it and see what it is that I don't want you to miss. Building something that matters is a marathon, not a sprint. Patience is required. Think how long it takes for a seed to become a seedling, then become a tree. It is a process. Be patient with yourself. And that was Dragos also. He also says, the only way to thrive in the future is to focus on what you love. Develop knowledge and skills in the service of your passion and be relentless in doing your work. And Christopher Robin said this to Pooh. Promise me you'll always remember you're braver than you believe, you're stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. <laughs> I chose a song today. I'm going to sing it. I don't know. Do we have time? It's really late. Um, Put a Little Love in Your Heart by Jackie DeShannon. 
<sighs> and if you know it, sing it with me. <laughs> we knew this from the 60s. Go ahead. But Shona says this again, and I'll end with this. The world is full of angels. If you can't find one, be one. <laughs> if you can't find one, be one. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like what you heard and you think it is of benefit to you and with others, please share this podcast with your friends and your family. Also like us on Facebook at Wolf Wisdom Gathering and Shadowland Foundation. Um, you can also check out our website at shadowlandfoundation.org and um, we appreciate any donation that you would like to share with us. They are all tax deductible, so please help us. That would be great. Have a blessed, blessed week and we'll talk then. <laughs>